and Inclusion on Air podcast. This podcast is a program of the Association of American Veterinary Medical Colleges Diversity Matters Initiative. The podcast explores various issues related to diversity and inclusion in the veterinary profession and provides the AAVMC an opportunity to offer ongoing diversity programming to our member institutions as well as all veterinary professionals. My name is Lisa Greenhill and I'm the Senior Director for Institutional Research and Diversity at the AAVMC. So excited about this episode. Today we're going to talk a bit about the use of pronouns in honor of International Pronouns Day, which is October 17th. And I am joined by Luca Pax, Director of Community Relations, Director of Community Relations and a trainer at Queer Asterisk. Did I get that right? That's right. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you. So thank you so much for stopping by. Luca, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for having me on. So I, like you said, work at Queer Asterisk Therapeutic Services, which is a small nonprofit that is rooted in Boulder, Colorado. And so we serve folks across Colorado, specifically queer and trans identified people who are seeking mental health support. So we offer counseling, peer mentorship and ongoing groups and different events to foster community and empowerment for queer and trans folks. So we also, our training branch, um, we do consulting and education work with other organizations. Uh, We work with hospitals, other mental health centers, recovery centers and the like schools to increase their competency around working with trans people. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, welcome so much. I learned about Queer Asterisk. I was on a panel with a colleague of yours at the AVMA meeting um, this past summer, Soren. And when this topic came up, you all were the first on my list to reach out to. So thank you so much for joining us, Luca. So why don't we just jump right on in? So of course, we know that pronouns are a part of speech. (laughs) We use them all the time, right? But in this particular kind of discourse around LGBT folks, what are pronouns and and what purpose do they serve? Yeah, definitely. So like you named, especially in English, we use pronouns to refer specifically to gender individuals when we're speaking about them. Not all languages use pronouns in that way. But for instance, if I'm talking to someone who uses she, her, her pronouns, I will, or talking about them, I will say, she walked across the room or she forgot her car keys or she is going to go get her purse. So things like that, they're identifiers that we don't often think about um, when they are he or she. And the way that gets a little expanded is when we're talking about people who have either transitioned or in the process of transitioning and choosing pronouns for themselves that don't fit what they were assigned when they were born. That's the short of it. (laughs) So what should people know about the effort to expand the, I guess, possibilities around pronouns. So we know that, of course, that there's she, he, they, but even they has been kind of used very differently in recent years. And I think that a lot of folks are kind of getting, trying to wrap their heads around what that means. So, but we know that there's also more pronouns than just those three as well. Completely. Yeah, there are plenty. And I feel like I need to do a just brief gender 101 as yeah. to why the, why the conversation is important. <laughs> pronouns are important regardless of if you're cisgender or transgender. But a brief breakdown of what that means is if you're transgender, that means your gender identity, how you feel about who you are on the inside in a gendered or non-gendered way. 
is different than the gender you are assigned at birth. So I'll speak from my own experience. I identify as transgender. And for me, that means when I was born, doctors typically assign if you're male or female. And as I got older and learned who I am, I realized that that doesn't fit with who I am um, and how I, my sense of myself. So trans meaning on the other side of, cis meaning on the same side of, cis person maybe assigned male at birth, grows up, continues to identify with what it means to be male, to present in a traditionally masculine fashion and sort of just adhere to more cultural expectations of what manhood and masculinity means. So that person would be cisgender. And, you know, cisgender folks typically use he, him, his, or she, her, hers. Transgender people can use those pronouns as well. My pronouns are either he, him, or they, them. I identify as non-binary, which means neither completely female or male um, or man or woman. So I think that's a pretty good place to start as far as non-binary pronouns. You had mentioned they, them, theirs, which is one of the more commonly used pronouns in English right now. And a little tidbit on they, them, a lot of response to it is, you know, that we already use that as a plural word. And I like to just break that down in the beginning of the conversation because seldom people realize that we actually use they, them, their for single people um, when we don't know their gender quite often. So imagine you're at a restaurant, someone left their car keys was an example I used in the beginning, you know, um, oh, someone left their car keys here, someone left their wallet. You're referring to one person. And so you do that the same way, even if a person's in front of you and you see them, you know, um, it can also be a, an easy way to not to, to use they them before assuming someone's gender. So if it's someone you just met, they haven't shared what their pronouns are. You, I'm just using it in speech yeah. right now. You can ask, you, know, you can refer to them as they them, and then maybe ask what their pronouns are. Um, most people aren't offended if you sort of default to they them since it's a neutral pronoun. And some people, you know, that's, there's not a one size fits all answer to that. Sure. Some people do uh, prefer not to be referred to as that. But so, what are some of the other pronouns that may be in use now? Yeah, definitely. Um, so our executive director, Soren, who you had met, uses Z, Zier, and Zim, which are injected into speech the same way that they, them, there would be. So Z went away. It would be like saying he went away or she went away or they went away. That has a couple different spellings. Some people use Z-E for it or X-E, X-Y-R for Zier, which is used like there would be. and you know, do you, as far as the importance of just recognizing different forms of pronouns, yeah. you know, it can be overwhelming to, we get a lot, you know, it's, it's too complicated. It's too complicated. I can't like change my speech. And I just like to really remind people, like, there's a reason we have such a conditioned response to that. You know, it's not actually that difficult to learn a new word. We learn words <laughs> lots of the time. And it's not that difficult really to have, you know, a new concept of, per of a person. Someone changes their name, uh, someone changes their hair, someone gets married, someone moves. Like we're used to adapting our perspectives of people. But the reason, one of the reasons that's conditioned to be, to feel difficult and a lot of people use the word complicated is because it really kind of, it threatens a system we have of, having people fit into neat boxes that mm -hmm. um, allow us to sort of operate in the ways that our society typically does. And um, it causes us to question and that change can be a little uncomfortable. But when we're really breaking down what's being asked, um, you know, we're asking folks to respect people. And it's, it's really a, 
other than, you know, tripping up maybe a few times, it's not that difficult of an ask really. And so that can help people break down, right? Like, okay, I'm not not being asked to like change my entire, my entire life, my entire scheme of everything, but that you can, can start just by reorienting maybe to your respect for the person and understanding that it's not just a preference. Also, you know, a lot of the language we use around pronouns is pronoun preference. um, And I try to just really reframe that as like, what are your pronouns? So if you're, you know, asking someone, wanting to make sure you're getting them right, you can offer what your pronouns are. You can introduce yourself. Hey, my name's Luca. I use he, him, or they, them. What are your pronouns? And to just really like reorient to the fact that pronouns are representing something that's really important and actually intimate about someone. It's not not just a trendy thing or just a thing to try to make a political statement or get attention. It's really claiming a word, um, just like we claim a name to represent who we are um, and communicate that. And so when we're not respecting someone's pronouns, we're really essentially just disregarding part of who they are. That's an important part that they're wanting to share with you. So yeah, and uh, you had mentioned just what are some other specifically non-binary pronouns. Some others that I hear more frequently, like I said, there are many, um, there are plenty of lists online too, but knee, near, and nim, I did zizir. There's Z here and hers. I might be butchering a couple of those pronunciations, but there's, um, yeah, the Z here and her is H-I-R, so a little bit different than H-E-R. And, you know, and like I said, different languages too. And if we're looking at just sort of representation across time too, there's been plenty of different pronouns and many multitudes of genders recognized for many centuries now and this isn't anything new it's just part of part of our more like dominant social discourse right now which is really exciting um and is giving life to a lot of people and a lot more safety is becoming available because of that conversation but i do think it's important to just reframe as while the conversation might be new for a lot of people it's not a new concept to have multiple genders or um gender identities so great So is there an appropriate way to ask people about their pronouns? This is because it is new, right? And a lot of people are like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute now, Luca. (laughs) You've given me like a half dozen new kind of vocabulary words. Now, how do I ask people about those, right? And so what is the appropriate way? Is it as easy as, hey, Luca, what's your pronouns? Yeah, I really think it is. Um, and so much, yeah, so much of my conversation about this, I think, is just bringing it back to just keeping it really simple and remembering what the focus is. Like anything having to do with someone's identity or experience, you know, being just socially respectful of like, you know, we're not going to ask people like intricate questions about surgeries they've had or medical conditions they've had, regardless of who they are. That's typically not, you know, hi, I just met you. Let me ask you this invasive <laughs> question. So in the context of, um, of pronouns too, just, you know, I've had plenty of experiences where someone is like, you know, I'm in a group of people, they only ask me what my pronouns are, because I look like I might have pronouns that aren't what they think they are. (laughs) And uh, just this, it can be easy to have one stress, like sort of um, overcomplicate things. Mm -hmm. And so being able to take a deep breath, remember, to ask everyone in a group what their pronouns are. You know, if you're a facilitator, a teacher, a doctor, whatever your role is where you might be interacting with lots of different people to really just standardize the process of asking for pronouns the same way we ask for name, I think is a really good practice so that then trans people or gender nonconforming folks who may have claimed pronouns for themselves that people wouldn't assume 
their pronouns are, unfortunately, like don't have to be on the spot and then sort of targeted and made to feel different or isolated or can also be dangerous in some settings, you know, to have to like out yourself when there's not a chance to just have it be the norm to have pronouns be shared. And so, yeah, like you said, as simple as what are your pronouns? And I like to recommend that folks, you know, offer their own pronouns too when they're asking because to just sort of normalize that. And you can, you can always just introduce yourself with your pronouns, regardless of if you think you're talking to a trans person too. Um, it's not, it's going to be a lot easier to do if it's something that you practice in your day to day. So whether it's with your kids or you have students or, you know, in your professional setting to be able to normalize sharing your pronouns and asking other people what theirs are or having that on an intake form or medical paperwork, things like that. I think it's really funny that y'all are with AVMC too, because I, my favorite thing to recommend people do as far as practice in asking or not assuming people's pronouns is just practice on people's pets. Like animals really don't don't care if they're misgendered. So it's a really safe place to practice pronouns. So if you're really wanting to lock down like Zizim Zir, like practice on on a cat or a dog. And you know, that's just like a good way to familiarize your yourself. But but yeah, just asking and and I do like to, you know, stay away from preferred pronoun just because it um it kind of implies that there is like a real pronoun mm. for the person that isn't their preference and or or that their trans identity like is a preference, you know, that isn't like core to who they are. And so just looking at some of how our language can reinforce that that narrative that um, trans people's identities aren't just real and inherent and valued. So, yeah. Good point. So many good points there. And as someone whose dog is regularly mentioned. <laughs> yes. Well, people get, so, people get so upset about it too. I think it's a, a good uh, telling of where we're at with gender socially. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I mean, every time it happens to my dog, there is a part of me that like really feels that deeply. And I'm like, whoa, wait, no, his name is, you know, and I'm like, why am I so tied to my dog's gender? Oh my God. Well, yeah, with the world of gender reveal parties and everything else, I mean, people with their babies too. I, it starts. It starts definitely before birth. Um, sure. Yeah, with everything from dogs to little kid stuffed animals to whatever it is. You know, it's we, we do care a lot about gender, and it's not. I don't want to say that it that we need to not care about gender. I think we just need to to recognize that some of our defenses and some of our adherence to a really like strict binary around gender mm-hmm. can be can be harmful and is harmful to a lot of mm-hmm. folks. So mm-hmm. just like being able to take a step back, realize if we're getting really worked up about being right about someone's gender or being right about our own gender and just recognizing where that comes from. Yeah. Right. So uh, just so folks know, you can actually just kind of announce your own. It's easy. You can put it at the bottom of your email signature. You can put it on your voicemail. You can put it here, there and everywhere. So um, yeah. yeah. So is it okay to decline the use of a pronoun at all? Yeah. I mean, for yourself, definitely. You know, the only place that trips up, I trip up around that is I've come into counter with a few folks, unfortunately, who are like, don't quite get that when they're asked what pronouns they use their we mean like our own personal pronouns and people are like oh I'll use any pronoun which means they're you know 
willing to use a pro- like good you should be right <laughs> using real. so just remembering yeah that we're you know, talking about our own personal pronouns and um there's plenty of folks who don't use pronouns and just use their name like in place of a pronoun so if someone were talking about me and that were the case they would just say luca went to luca's house and yeah luca got luca's book so just taking that out of the sentence yeah. too is yeah. definitely possible yeah so we talk a little bit about some of the difference, the 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 new pronouns, and I hate saying different, and um, sure. because I think that it's othering, right? And we're trying to kind of normalize some of this stuff. But is there any standardization kind of around some of the growing use of pronouns, non-binary pronouns? Yeah, I mean, maybe you can elaborate more on standardization, but I would definitely say that they then there is just has just really become more of a mainstream mm-hmm. um, like placeholder for a neutral pronoun. A lot of non, non-binary folks use it. And again, you know, if you take nothing else away, just remember to try to not assume, you know, like just because you hear someone's trans or hear that they're non-binary or even hear that they're cis, like, or that they're feminine presenting, like to know that we, unless we hear from someone, we really don't know what their pronoun is or what their gender identity is. So some standardization, especially in like writing too, we do consulting work for inclusive language writing too. um, And really normalizing the use of they, them, there as a singular pronoun in writing, I think is really helpful. You know, in English, we can get into the she slash he or just using he as a gender neutral pronoun. And there's been a lot of evolution just within like English academic writing to um, around normalizing the use of singular they and really bringing it back because it was a thing for, you know, Thackeray and Shakespeare. And, and it's was, it was already, it's already happened. Like we've already gone from thou to thy to they, them. And yeah, so being able to, to renormalize that is, is really useful. Right. Well, Luca, do you have any suggestions on where folks can get more information about pronoun usage? Yeah, well, on the topic of singular they, there's a website which is handily called iheartsingularthey.com, which is really <laughs> lovely. And it was made a couple of years ago and it just sort of goes down a breakdown. It's like a, it's a poem about using singular they. Um, so that can be a good reference. It's nice and animated and colorful. Um, and then on the Queer Asterisk website as well, there I wrote an inclusive language glossary of terms. And so that is available to download for free also. And it has just a breakdown on everything from the difference between sex and gender and sexuality to more about how to use pronouns as well. And, you know, there's plenty of like everything from BuzzFeed to more academic, heady, like Merriam-Webster articles just about how to use, like if you're a grammar nerd and really want to learn more about how to use non-binary pronouns in sentences, then those resources are online as well. And yeah, I would I would start with Google and, and then remember that it's always best to like hear from folks whose experience it is, right? So like if you have a local LGBT or queer and trans organization in your area or need recommendations for what that looks like, uh, you can always reach out to organizations like ours and can try to direct folks and toward avenues that, you know, are (laughs) more credible than others. So yeah. BuzzFeed has its place, right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, this this has been a great discussion. Um, 
So certainly we will um, post a few of these resources on our Facebook page and certainly in the show notes for the show so that newbies can find um, the information that they need. I want to say I heard that the AP style guide actually may have changed this year to actually include the singular. Um, oh, that's I think awesome. Yeah, that's great. That, um, which yeah. definitely is a changer in terms of, you know, once that yeah. style guide changes, that means that, mm-hmm. you know, you'll see it certainly in mainstream media right? and print and online media. So, yeah. So, Luca, thank you so much for taking a, a bit you. of time out of your afternoon um, you. to kind of help us understand this really important subject. So, if folks in the on the western part of the country <laughs> or in the Boulder area are looking for resources, where can they find you? So, www.queerasterisk.com and asterisk is like the punctuation, the little star, but it's spelled out. So, we've got this asterisk, A-S-T-R-I-S-K. it'll be in the links. Queerasterisk.com and we have a Facebook and Instagram you can follow as well. And our calendar is up to date with events on our website. So, definitely uh, try to plug in and, and get in touch if you'd like to get involved. Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, every time someone tells me that they can't, you know, oh, this new language, and I'm like, okay, right. but we learned Facebook, we learned Twitter, we learned exactly. Instagram, we learned email, <laughs> we learned, we learned, we learned. And so, yep. you know, language is constantly, constantly evolving. I tell that people, is. like, what, 20 years ago, there wasn't a Beyonce, and we have one now. So, thank you for that. That's <laughs> perfect. Yes. I'm, I'm going to use that one. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Wow. We, we need to evolve. <laughs> it's important. All right. Well, this has been another uh, bonus episode of Diversity and Inclusion on Air. We invite you to listen to previous episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, all of those fantastic podcasts wherever you download your podcasts. You can also find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Facebook and at www.aavmc.org. And so for this episode, we'll bring it to a close. Again, Luca, thank you so much for thank taking you. some time yeah, to help us understand pronouns. Perfect. So with that, we will see you all next time. Bye-bye.